You're listening to the Easy Ideal Client Mastery for Wedding Professionals podcast with Rachel Jordan, where you get the encouragement you need to take your business and your mindset to the next level. The purpose of this podcast is to help you master the art of knowing your ideal client and creating an incredible client experience, quickly allowing you to charge more for your services, win your time back, conquer imposter syndrome, and work with clients you love. I'm your host, Rachel Jordan. Thanks so much for being here with me today. Okay. I am so excited. We have a special guest today. Welcome, Heather. So glad you are here with me today. Absolutely. It's always good to spend time with you. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> um, we are, um, we were just talking before we went live about some of what we wanted to talk about today. And I think we're going to have to like pare it down because um, we always have a good time chatting. Um, <laughs> and we look at the clock and like, hmm. Maybe, <laughs> maybe where'd, that, where'd that hour go? <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> so this is going to be fun. You guys are in for a treat. Uh, Heather is an expert on all things pricing. Um, she has amazing stories to tell of some of the sales she's made um, <laughs> and regularly makes. And so um, <laughs> I am, I am very excited for you to get to know her today. So maybe you could start by just kind of telling us a little bit about your story. What, what has brought you to coaching? Um, what your specialty is, all that good stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be on here and be able to, you know, be able to chat with you and introduce myself to the rest of your team and crew that's in here and the clients that you're coaching. Cause I've, what I've really loved about being connecting with you is just seeing how much you love and care and put into the people that you're helping. And so it's great to be able to, to jump in here and, and be a part of that world for, for just a little bit. Um, my name is Heather Waniger, and I am a photographer that specializes in high school seniors I'm located in Illinois, central Illinois, right where I'm in Champaign, right outside of there, University of Illinois. Uh, that is my alumni as well. So it's fun to be able to uh, be close by to enjoy all the sports there. Uh, my story, the, a very like short, keep it, try to keep it short and sweet about how I even ended up here. Uh, I never thought I'd be a photographer. Uh, it was not anything that I was in, intending to pursue. I was a stay at home mom. I've got three boys and they are now 19, 18, 19, 17 and 16. We got another birthday tomorrow. So I had to think about what day it was. Um, <laughs> So I've got three teen boys and I was a stay at home mom and really thought that that was going to be the only thing that I ever did. I loved it. And if for any of you mamas out there, you know, it is an awesome job and it is the most exhausting job and can be overwhelming, exciting, all those emotions. Right. Um, but I loved it. I, I love having that ability to be able to be home and impact them and just love on them and be there for them and try to guide them in the ways of the world that I hope that, you know, and pray that they do. So, uh, I was, my boys is about 11 years ago that my, um, ex and I ended up getting a divorce. It was not, um, there's a lot of things I learned about personalities after a divorce going through the process of, um, that, that I realized just were not healthy, right? There's emotional abuse, narcissism. There's things like that, that I dealt with that it was a point where, I just, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. I, I couldn't do anything. Those are the things that I was choosing to believe because of what someone else was telling me and had told me for years. And so after we got the divorce, then it's like, well, gosh, now what? Now I've got three kids. What am I going to do? 
where am I going to go from here? Um, and I had a friend that actually told me, like, you need to take pictures. I had no idea what I was doing. I shot in auto. So let me just tell you, if you guys are in this group and you are new to photography, I can tell you that it is okay to know, to feel like you don't know where you're at and feel like you don't know enough and question like, oh gosh, I don't know. Can I do it? Well, I am proof that you can do it. We all start somewhere. <laughs> yes. I started charging $50 shooting on auto and I was just so excited. Anyone would pay me. So, so that's how, that's how my business started. And I think that's common in creative industries is that we kind of fall into stuff. I love taking pictures, but I loved the connections I was building in the business more so. And that's what really excited me and ignited me to be able to want to pursue it. Um, and so through the years I, you know, continued learning and going to workshops and YouTube and all that and figuring out how to actually make this a business. And it's something I never thought I would do. I absolutely love it. I love that. I still have that flexibility with my kids to work around their sporting events, to be able to photograph the, you know, my youngest on the football team and provide memories to capture for the rest of his team. You know, there's been so many awesome things about it. I can still, my kids still see me as a stay at home mom. And to me, that's really cool. Like they, they get that there are other things beyond it, but to have that flexibility to be at home with them is really important to me. And so, so my business started because life gave me lemons. So my business name is sweet lemonade photography. <laughs> and that is because life gave me lemons and that is my business started. So I turned it into lemonade and I love I just, that. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I just knew I didn't want my last name attached to it. I'm like, who needs, who needs a last name? I yeah. claim anything there. I, I want something different. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So it, it's been a lot of fun. It's been about 11 years of shooting. Um, many of those years were, were very part-time. And then it got to the point that I'm like, okay, I get to either figure out how to make this a real living or I need to go get another job. And when I put that ultimatum and a time frame on it, let me tell you, we, we grew pretty darn fast because I yeah. didn't want to do anything else. I love that. I love that you gave yourself like, um, you know, I, I have to make this work or I will have to go do something else. And that's, that's really inspiring that you actually did it. So I would love to hear just a little bit more about like fast forwarding a little bit, yeah. like what you specialize in, like what were some of the key factors for you that were just like, this is a business now and I'm making real money, not just yeah. you know, a little bit on the side. Yeah. I, I think it was, it was fine. Well, I'll tell you the first thing it is. I did a cost of doing business. I hadn't done one of those for years. And then I'm like, Oh, this is why people charge what they charge. Like I literally remember saying that out loud. I'm like, okay. So for me saying, okay, I'm giving it two years to be able to make X amount of dollars in a year. And if I don't do that, I get to go somewhere else. I think sometimes we just have to rip the bandaid off and be willing to, you know, put, put our butt on the line. Really? Like mm -hmm. if we really say we want to do this, what's, what is it? What's the ultimatum? And so kind of removing that safety net of feeling like, well, I can, you know, it's great. If it works, it works. And when I knew I wanted it to work, okay, pull it off. What, what is it? And setting those expectations for myself. And so that was huge to be able to do that. And then it was a lot of then just switching over into not all inclusive model. It is, we're going into IPS, you know, in-person sales, we're going to start charging profitably and really seeing success from that. And so I went from a $20,000 a year to the very next year to earning a hundred thousand dollars and I photograph part-time. So there is that ability to be able to do that. And for me, it was just making that shift and, and really tracking numbers. 
you know, what you track is, is what will grow. And honestly, for many years, I wasn't, it was just good. Whatever comes my way. Oh, yay. And so it it, it shifted the mindset to be able to do that. And so I specialize in high school seniors. Now Uh, I photographed weddings for several years. Absolutely loved those. I still love the wedding days themselves. It just got to the point where my kids at the ages that they are, I just knew I wanted to be able to have my weekends free to be able to be with them when they choose to be with me, right? (laughs) They're teens, they're gone a lot, but I wanted to make sure that I was home. And so that's when I shifted and kind of started limiting the weddings that I did and phasing out of those and specializing more in high school seniors. Um, You know, my high school seniors, I'll average $4,000 for a one hour senior session that I can photograph on a Tuesday afternoon. So I chose that route. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, I know there's lots of wedding photographers who aren't even making $4,000 off of a wedding, um, you know, and they're spending eight hours there in person with the couple, plus the engagement session, plus, um, you know, like 10 plus hours editing usually. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's really inspiring to hear, like, you can, you've honed it in so much that you, you now can make more than most people make off of a wedding off of a one hour senior session. I think that's so incredible. I I would love to kind of dive a little bit deeper into what you mean. Um, You know, there's probably some folks here who probably haven't heard of IPS or maybe they've heard of it, but they don't really know what that is. And you mentioned that a few minutes ago. So um, maybe you could dive a little deeper for us about how how that shift that you're talking about that kind of allowed you to move into a much more profitable uh, facing your business. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, IPS, IPS stands for in-person sales. And when most photographers, when we start out, we're okay, well, we'll charge $50, $200, whatever that might be for going in and doing the session for editing the session. And we just share all the images on a gallery and we say, thank you. And that's it. And it's a great, it's a, it's a good place to start. Right. And I really love to encourage people to very quickly get out of that that system and into IPS and IPS is in-person sales. Um, there's a lot of people that will, you know, be fearful of doing IPS, you know, one, just it's the unknown, right? As we're photographers and we're getting started and we're like, okay, we, but we figured out how to shoot. We figured this, it's easier. It feels more comfortable just to give them the digitals and be like, okay, great. And that's it. So there's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of scare of, how do we make this work? How do we do it? I don't want to feel like a sleazy car salesman. I don't want to, you know, there's, and I get it. And I didn't want to either. And there's a lot of things that you can do leading up to the actual sales appointment that makes it easy. It is not selling. I don't sell. When we have our in-person sales, what I'm doing is holding their hand and guiding them through what options they want, what album they want to get, what wall art and showing them the options. That's it. So it makes it really easy to do that. Um, Something else I hear a lot about, you know, IPS. Well, I don't have time. I don't have time for IPS. You know, I get it. And honestly, some people that's very valid because they probably are so busy shooting way too many sessions because they aren't priced profitably. Yeah. So if they're shooting and making $200 a session, they're shooting every night. They don't have time for IPS. The beauty is, is with this shift, is that you're no longer generating $200 for a session. You're generating $1,000, $2,000 for a session. And I know, I'm sure some of you that are listening right now are starting to already in their head, 
yeah, but yeah, but that's not me. Well, I, I don't, yeah, but you don't know where I live in my town. I can't do that. <laughs> yep. Uh, I hear Rachel, it now. You know you've heard these. Yes. Yep. Yes. You've heard them because you know, your clients have told them to you, you know, and you're coaching. I, I, I heard, I said, I heard myself saying them years ago, right? It's just easy. It's the fear that is holding us back, but there's so much potential when you price things profitably and give them the option. What it is, you're not selling, you're giving your clients that you've photographed, you're giving them the opportunity to choose what they want. Doesn't, I mean, if you just even shifting that thing, that way to say it instead of, well, I'm selling to my clients. No, I'm giving them opportunities to choose what they want. I mean, to me, the way they sound, one sounds a whole lot heavier and scarier, you know, when you're starting out versus no, this is just, it's their choices. What do I want? I want to be able to serve my clients. I want to be able to make sure that they have prints to go on their wall. I want to make sure that they have that album that three generations from now, they're going to have all the pictures of the family and be able to look back and be like, oh, this was my great, great grandfather this day and age. And I am just as guilty on my own personal stuff. I think I'm going to print it. I'm going to do it. And time gets away. Nobody is going to look at my eight hard drives when I'm gone to look up the pictures and see their kids. What I have printed is what is going to stay and last through the generations. And so a lot of this, it really is the mindset of serving. You know, when you can think about it that way, the whole idea of selling is a lot less scary. Yeah, for sure. And I, I know too, as I started, I've been interviewing my past clients this year. And as I did more reveal sessions, in-person sales sessions with my weddings, you know, I, I asked some of my favorite clients this year is like, how did you feel about uh, doing it that way? And they were all without a doubt, they all said, oh, I just loved it because it felt like a wonderful end cap to my experience with you. I wanted it to be an event. I wanted it to be something special. And I was just so happy that you chose to show us our wedding photos that way because they, you know, they wanted it to be special. They wanted to have the relive that day together with me. They wanted to cry on the Zoom call, you know. And they, <laughs> you know, and next year I'll probably have some, you know, like I'll probably send my couples like some champagne or something before the call, just so that That'd we can create an experience that enhances their their client experience to a completely other level. And I know there's nobody in my area doing that because they all just like, here's your gallery. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I love what you're talking about enhancing and on a, and on a high note, because the last thing, you know, that's the, the last touch point they have with you, the last moment, that's what they're going to remember and be able to first. So it's like, man, if you've mailed them champagne, you're doing this over zoom, you're being able to have that experience. You're creating something that is so unique and so elevated and so high end and just something just so different. And like you say, nobody's in your area is doing it. I don't think in many places they're doing something like that. How cool to have that. And just the word of mouth and the referral it's you've created such a great experience for your clients from beginning to end. And they are absolutely going to be telling their friends about it too which then will just bring in new people to be able to create those memories with. Exactly. I love how when you create an, a world-class client experience, when you do that, when you dive deep into that, 
suddenly you're able to reap the rewards financially because you have created such a valuable product. And so that's kind of what you're expressing is like, as you really focused on your client experience and as you really made it something special and unique and help them make their decisions and help them get what they actually wanted, you were able to have, what was that like four times, four or five times the amount of income in one year? Yeah. Five. Five times. (laughs) (laughs) And, And it wasn't that I was doing all these extra sessions. I mean, the number of sessions I was doing was pretty average, you know, it's from that one, from that year to the next. And so it is, it was, it was shifting the mindset and making the pricing to where it makes sense for my clients and me. And, and they love it. And, and I think that's one thing when you talk about pricing, it, especially when you're still at the $200 for a session, or if you're at the $2,000 for a wedding, you know, it, it can feel like a lot of money in that moment for you and scary to think about asking more. But the psychology of everything, the more that you charge, the more people value it and the more they're going to appreciate the experience too. And so, you know, we've got to get out of our own way, really. We got to get out of our own way and our own thinking, our own fears and feeling like, well, that's not in my budget. I wouldn't pay that. Great. That's okay. If you wouldn't pay it, you're not your ideal client. Exactly. (laughs) Go find find the ones that will spend it. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I have to tell myself that all the time. I am not my own ideal client. Not at all. I think I paid a thousand dollars for my wedding photographer. Yeah. Yep. And that was, that was, that was, you know, 2016, Rachel, 20. 22 Rachel will probably do something different, but you know, that's stop spending your clients money for them. Let them spend their own money. They can make their own choices about what they value. And like you said, you just have to get out of your own way and, and really just allow them the opportunity to receive that value. What would you, what would be some advice that you would give a wedding photographer who's potentially, um, you know, just kind of thinking about redoing their pricing right now. Um, Maybe they're coming from, um, you know, not doing an IPS model. Um, Maybe they have been charging hourly even. What would be kind of like your advice slash first steps for someone like that? One of the things that I would recommend is in your, I mean, most of what most wedding photographers will have collections based on hours you know, maybe a six hour wedding day, an eight hour wedding day and a 10 hour wedding day. Okay. Perfect. Some will just stop there. Like that's just what it is. And we'll give you all the digitals, the easiest and simplest thing to be able to add on and create value and start this experience is put in a six by six album in your collections, you know, it, a small album, and then be able to let them know. And what we would, what I would do. And when we have the weddings is we, you know, we'd explain, well, here's the collections, you know, it includes eight hours with each of the options you're able, it includes a six by six album and let them know it all, it includes 50 images and a six by six album on it. But on average, most of our clients will end up in investing an additional $1,500 for the album upgrades, just so you're aware, because they love to be able to put more images in there and they like the larger size. Great for impact your wedding pictures. You don't want a six by six album, you know, the, the most people love to have that big coffee table album. And so, you know, you can expect to spend anywhere from 15 to $2,500 additional. We'll go through that after the wedding, when you get all of your images, and then we can talk about what, what serves you best. And so something like that, you're already planting the seeds in advance. You're gifting them the six by six. So they have something, 
And we never had a single one only stay on the six by six. And so that's a really easy way to kind of just dip your toes in be like, okay, well, what does this look like? And when I say IPS, IPS is in-person sales. If that is something that you are not comfortable with doing, I don't want you to then be like, okay, but so I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to give everything. There's other options. You can do it online. You, You don't have to meet in person, you know, it can, but you can still provide that offer and allow them to choose to purchase additional things without meeting in person. So like Rachel, like you were saying, you could do a zoom call. If you didn't even want to do a zoom call, you could start off just, you know, providing the collections and sharing it on a pricing guide and say, great, you know, here's the different options. Let me know which images you'd like to put in the album. Um, and then just kind of do it over email instead, if you want, if that feels like a safer, less scary route, yeah. but you, you don't have to be in person to be able to generate additional revenue. I think you may have answered some of these questions a little bit, but uh, we are getting some questions. So Christy says, how do you start to introduce IPS to your clients? And I can, I can help a little bit with that, Christy, because um, Christy is one of my students. So she has uh, done my bookings booster program. So she already does reveal sessions for clients who are coming in through um, the free engagement sequence that she's built. Christy, you're already doing it. Um, basically, you need to just kind of add products to the process you already have because you're already doing reveal sessions. And I think that's the biggest switch is instead of just like emailing the gallery, here you go, you actually walk your clients through the images that you took. Feel free to add on to that question, Heather. How do you start to introduce IPS to your clients? Yeah, well, as far as introducing it, it's because there are some people who be like, well, but how do I, how do I announce it to people? And Mm -hmm. to me, I don't, I don't announce it. It's just, this is the next step, you know, the next inquiry I have, you know, I just share the new process, you know, and let them know you've got a session fee and this takes care of the creative time and talent of the photographer on at the session, the editing, the in-person ordering appointment. And then, you know, you can choose what you'd like to purchase on average. My, my, um, my clients will spend on average $3,800, you know, it's now closer to four, $4,000, but you have the ability to pick and choose what you'd like for what serves you and your family best. So that's the communication that I have. That's the first thing that someone hears when they inquire with me. And so that's how I started. Now, I think there's, I don't know if her question is like, how do you introduce it? Like if you've already got clients and they've already been, you know, maybe you've got 15 sessions already booked and they're booked at the all-inclusive price and you're just going to walk away. You can absolutely still introduce it to them. And that's what I would let them know is, you know, you could even just send an email prior to their session. Hey, you know, your session includes all the digital, but here's something that is really cool. I'm very excited to be able to offer my clients the ability to be able to custom design albums for them to be able to help you design what um, your wall art for what sizes work best for the walls that you have. I'll walk through all that with you. So after the session, if you'd like, I'd love to be able to set up a time to have that appointment with you to show you and see if there's anything else that interests you. So that is a way to someone that's already thinking, you're thinking, oh, they already paid their fee. I'm done. Well, now I got to wait until a new inquiry comes in. No, take advantage of that. You've already got clients that are coming into you to photograph. It's just taking another step. And I think when you just think about serving them, it's easier and it's less scary to think about, well, how do I introduce it? It's literally just having another conversation with them and, and giving them the opportunity to come in and, and share and be excited about what you show. That's the biggest thing. 
one of, well, there's lots of big things, right? But one of them, be able to focus on what you love and what excites you. Because if you're excited about albums, your albums will sell. If you, that is something that does not interest you and you just think it's a waste of money and you'd never get one. If you're sitting in those feelings, they will project and you're, you're pushing those onto your clients. And so when you're starting out, I would suggest start with just, just a few things and really in general, keep it Mm -hmm. simple, keep it simple. Start with a couple of things, but the things that really excite you and you're going to see how much it excites your clients too. Yeah. And especially like for wedding photographers, I think the album is kind of like the thing. Um, and so you really, you really want to start educating yourself about albums and, you know, kind of figuring out where you would like to get, where you would like to purchase your album from. I know this year I started getting sample albums made, um, and that helped so much in actually being able to sell them and then sell the upgrades. Cause I can literally hold up in the frame, like here's my 12 by 12 and here's the eight by eight. And they're like, oh, I want the 12 by 12. Right. And it didn't cost me very much to have those made. And I've already made, you know, these are new this year. I've already made thousands of dollars just from having those. And I show them on zoom. So, (laughs) so having, having something physical to show, even if it's just you holding it on zoom is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, really, really powerful. So Sasha is asking, do you have suggestions for someone who uh, just started out, doesn't have a studio? I just opened my business and I'm just starting to charge, but curious to hear what you would have done differently um, if you could from the beginning. Ah, great question. The biggest thing is shifting from all-inclusive. I, that, that would be the thing that I would have done straight out of the gate is not charge $200 and give everything, you know, charge a hundred dollars and then let them choose, you know, because the more opportunities you have in front of them to be able to pick things, the more opportunity there is to be able to generate more money. And so for me, that was one of the big things. Um, another thing that I would have done sooner was do the cost of doing business. So if you're just starting out, do the cost of doing business, figure out what you are actually spending in your business, because there's a lot of things we don't realize that we're spending money on the $10 for Photoshop, the, you know, all these different software fees. Well, it's only $30. Well, it's yeah. only this, all that stuff adds up. And so the, the earlier you can get a grasp on your numbers, the easier it is to solidify and have more confidence in going this route and charging more money. And so that, that, those are the two biggest things for me that, that helped help shift my business and take it to a whole different level is just knowing my numbers. And then being like, okay, so how do I make these numbers work and be profitable for my business? And so, and, and when you know your numbers, you're more confident in the numbers that you're throwing out there. Cause it'll be scary. I mean, my albums are $2,400, you know, at a point in time, even when I was only charging a thousand for those albums, it was scary for me to think about, I'm like, who in the world? I can't believe I'm charging a thousand dollars. But when you know your numbers and you, it builds so much confidence in it, I know how much, t- how much money am I putting into my business just to run it without even doing it, walking out the door for one session? How much money have I spent? It's more than you think. And it will be for you. And then knowing what is it that, what's my goals? What do I want to do? How much do I want to accomplish? How many hours did I actually spend on that session? It's easy to kind of be like, well, you know, you're constantly like, what you only shot for an hour. I can't believe it's a thousand dollars. Okay. I get it. And, but think about 
how many hours you are editing that session, how much time it's taking to get that album back in to proof it, to make sure that everything is correct. If there's any issues with it, you're reordering it. And then it's cutting into your cost. You know, if it's an error on your part, if it's something that might be an error on the lab, they'll take care of it, but it's still taking you time. How much time are you spending packaging it? What kind, how much are you spending on your packaging? How much time and talent did it take? How many hours, how many years, how many months did you spend learning your craft to be, to have the ability to go out and create those beautiful images in that hour to fill an entire album took years of you learning and investing in your time and your equipment and education, all of that stuff. And so I think when you shift that way, it makes it easier and you can stand more in solid footing of, yep, these albums are a thousand dollars. These are beautiful. Look at these. I love the custom detail and the embossing on the front and just feel the paper. Does it feel so velvety soft? Like it's easy for me to get excited about selling an album and knowing it's worth it a thousand dollars, knowing it's worth it $2,000. I think it just boils down to then knowing your worth. And I, and that is probably the biggest shift for me, knowing the numbers, but also doing the internal work on myself because I had years of being told I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. I couldn't do anything. You know, I had to be, I, I you, prove to me, you can handle this allowance. And then maybe I can show you how we do things. Kind of, These are things that I've been fed for years. Right. So it took internal work to kind of unravel that and know where my truth is and know that my truth is founded in God and that I am perfect just the way that I am and being confident in who I am and how I show up things that might've been perceived by someone else as a weakness. I turn it around and where is my strength? You know, how is that a benefit to me? And so when you have that and, and just kind of build more confidence and empowerment in yourself, it makes doing all of this easier too. So those are the biggest things for me. Yeah. Love that. So we have another question from Della. How do you start your, my average is if you've only ever had one $1,000 sale and the rest are only 400 ish average. Okay. Here's what I did. Shh, I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have the average. I didn't have anything. So when, so when I put out, um, so I was doing $400 all inclusive and then I went to selling and doing in-person sales. My first sale was $2,000 and I was shocked. And I really thank Jesus. Cause I'm like, you know what? That was, that was what I needed to have that belief to keep going and keep trying. You might not have that to begin with. And that's okay too. Um, but what I did is even before that $2,000 sale, I was saying my average was $3,500. I think actually I started at 3,200. I think that felt safer to me. So you, you look at how you're pricing things and where you think, you know, if, if you think, gosh, everybody would love an album. And certainly like for my clients, they're all getting an album and they're all typically getting one canvas. You know, they've got multiple kids as seniors, one canvas. They're like, that's, you know, we got other kids coming up. That's all we need weddings and things. I could see doing some really elaborate, cool wall art collages and things like that. But thinking about what you'd like to serve, be able to show your clients, look at your pricing. And if you've got your pricing to where, okay, well, if my album and one wall art would be around $1,200, even say to start, or is you're just getting that started. So let's say it's 1200. Okay. Awesome. So that's what you tell your averages. You base your average based on your own pricing and figuring out what that would be. 
you know, if you want to sell the album in a, in a canvas to everybody, great. Average sale is $1,200. I would say my average sale was $3,300 because I was going to provide them with the album and a wall art and then something extra. And I didn't know what that was. So it's a great question, Della. And honestly, my average was created based on, I wanted, I was wanting to attract the clients that were reading that average on my website. I was wanting to attract the right clients that were willing to spend it. So it wasn't about what my client, current clients were spending. It was about who I was wanting to attract that was willing to spend that. Yes. And that, I, I agree. And just coming from like a weddings perspective, I, I'll say like the average couple spends X amount. Um, that's, it's actually like, that's what my middle package is. So if, if, if I have like three packages, one of them's like the bare minimum of what I will walk out my door for. The second one is what, um, what most people actually want. And the third one is everything in the moon in a handbasket. Um, <laughs> you know, the average couple is going to spend what they, what most people really want. Um, and so that is my average pricing, whether or not that's my average sale to start with. So you can, you can kind of think about it that way. It's the average of your numbers, not the average of anyone else's ideas of your numbers. Uh, Sandra asked, how many digital images does one bride typically get? So when we did weddings and, and Rachel, I'd love to hear kind of like what your averages were, but when we photographed weddings, we would if someone specifically asked, we would tell them a minimum of 50 images per hour. And that was definitely on the low end. We always over-delivered, but we wanted to make sure they weren't expecting more. And, and what the, the answer we would share with our clients is we would say, you know, we typically it's, it's a minimum of 50, often more. It really varies. Um, you know, that's the per hour. It varies based on, you know, the number of brides, you know, the number of your bride in your bridal party, the number of details that you have, the number of different family photos you want. There's a lot of variances. And so we, we never really nail on a number as far as the numbers that we typically would deliver would be around 800, um, 600 to 800 for image for a wedding. When we first started off, it was even more than that. It would be a thousand, it'd be 1200. We're like, this is crazy. And yeah. just over time, we became more experienced with, you know, they don't need these three. They're all very similar. You pick one, you know I mean? If we're sitting there going back and forth, like, well, one or two, one or two at that point, pick one, delete the <laughs> yeah. other. It's fine. You know, yeah. They're never going to know. And, and our clients have really appreciated when we started delivering less and less of the wedding. You know, we were not omitting anything. There wasn't pieces missing of the day, but we became very more selective and curating their day. They get overwhelmed with too many images. I know I would. And that's the other thing. Like when you go through ordering appointments, what I did with weddings and I love to do is be able to design a, an album based on my favorites, because even say you have 600 images and you deliver to them and, and be like, yes, awesome. Oh, you love them. I'm so great. Now pick your 50 favorite that you want to put in an album. And they're like, how in the world am I going to even choose? So what we would do is we would put in at least typically around a hundred images. Cause remember we said, we start with a six by six album with so many pages and we let them know you're, you know, most clients will, you know, most couples will invest in anywhere between 15 and $2,500 additional on album upgrades. So we're designing an album with twice as many images as what's included in the album. And then we're able to show all of the pieces of the day. And then we let them know 
Great. So now your album included six by six, included 20 pages. There was so much beauty in your day. We went ahead and designed an album, just to be able to give you an idea of what it might look like. This has a hundred images in it. It's got 55 pages. So the cost would be X. Um, so take this over, just look at it. Let's just go through it. It's just be able to like do as a slideshow. We're just going to look at it so you can see now. And then afterwards, and I just be like, now, which pages would, if there's, you know, if you're, do you want to keep all the image, all the pages? If not, which pages would you like to take out? And so that option is taking out a full page, taking out a part of the story. I'm not asking them which pictures they want to take out. I'm asking which pages they want to take out. It's harder for brides and grooms to take out a whole page than it is taking out an individual picture. And you know, when, when you design the albums, you want it to be able to tell the story in a way where it's like, these were all the getting ready shots. These were all the brides, but you know, like each page you're designing with the beauty and aesthetics in mind. And so it's either in or out is kind of the thought process. And most like, Oh no, I can't, no, I can't take any out. Great. (laughs) We're going to stick with all 55 pages. And you know, then if they're like, well, I think, can we just take this picture out and put this one in? Absolutely. It's so much easier for, for a couple to see all the images you chose as your favorites and then just kind of swap out, you know, maybe they had one that they liked better and that's easier to do. But when you're able to show the finished images in a gallery, that's our, in an album that's already done, it helps with the sales. Absolutely does. Yeah, for sure. And I, just to kind of put a cherry on top of something that you were talking about when you're working with more high-end clients, as you start reaching those ideal clients, and as you start working with these wedding budgets that are much bigger, what I've found is that people who are willing to pay more to work with you, respect you way more, and is actually a huge service to them for you to say, I'm the artist, this is my opinion. And they are like, oh, thank goodness you have an artistic opinion because I just wanted to pay to trust you. Um, you know, and, and it's actually a disservice to your clients to be like, well, I'm going to deliver all five of these exact same-ish images um, and create chaos and confusion in your gallery when, you know, I could have curated it much more artistically for you, narrowed down what was in there. Um, and, and so if you think about your services, actually what they're paying for is for you to decide what looks best. That's what they're paying you for. <laughs> it changes the game in what you deliver, how you design, how you take your photos, and just your client experience elevates so much just from you being choosy about what you're delivering. And you stop getting those questions like, so how many photos are in my gallery? Because they care way less about the amount of photos and way more about loving the photos that they do have. I don't know if that's been your experience as well, Heather. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No. And and I would, I would challenge you guys. If you have a wedding, I mean, if you're delivering a thousand images, I challenge you to take that gallery, challenge you to duplicate it and cull it down and cut it in half. And I would love for you to then compare them. And as like, as you're the client opening up that gallery of a thousand images versus the 500. Because the less images you have, you're talking about that, Rachel, when you curate it, it creates a whole different level of, of experience and you open it up and it feels better. It, there's no, none of that chaos. There's not the overwhelming. It's like, 
man, you nailed it, you know, and you've, you've just taken that confidence that you have in what you're doing and be like, yep, these are the best. Here's what you've got. And, and they don't, they don't ask for, well, where's that one I thought you took? Nope. They, when they trust you to be there to capture the memories, that's what they're doing. They, they have all the faith in you in the world and they're just thrilled to be able to have the images they have. So that's a great point to, to make. Yeah. It, it's like, and I had a client the other day, but I was, I was just asking them like what they really enjoyed. And, and so I was talking with the bride and she said, well, my mm-hmm. husband, the oh, groom, what she, what my, the groom said was Rachel captured everything we could have wanted, even the things we couldn't express that we wanted. And that was one of the smallest galleries I delivered all year from a 10 hour wedding. So the proof is in the pudding guys, like <laughs> the smaller galleries will have a bigger impact and you narrowing it down to the best of the best to show in an album and then saying, what pages do you want to take out? It's a no brainer, right? That it is a such better client experience if you get out of your own way and stop thinking of your value in terms of how many images you're offering. That's not what they're paying you for. Um, Gretchen says, I have a hard time with the upgrades. That's where I feel nickel and dimey. What would you do to mm. alleviate that feeling, Heather? That's interesting. To me, I share everything in advance. You know, there's, I've got, you know, options of the upgrades and things. I mean, I, of course, everything that you show, you know, everything that you sell, you don't want to have everything on a list, right? That's just going to overwhelm people. We can sell 30 different sizes of canvases, but I show three to five, right? Same thing with like upgrades and stuff. You know, I have, when, when they see the pricing and before they come into the ordering appointment, you know, they, they've received it multiple times from the, they, they get it when they um, sign the contract, they get it again in an email before their session or, you know, prior to the wedding, then before our ordering appointment, then I send a text and they get it again. I'm like, so excited. I cannot wait to be able to reveal all of your photos. You're absolutely going to love them. So just to send you a link again. So you have the ideas. So you kind of know what you're interested in before our ordering appointment. Here's the link to the pricing guide again. In that pricing guide, it has all of those things. It has all the options of if you add additional pictures, if you add additional, you know, pages, if you want to upgrade your cover. So it's there to me, that was the biggest thing in making it easier to, you know, add those upgrades and actually charge for them was having it out there to begin with, knowing that they'd seen it multiple times. It might not have all the upgrades listed on there, but it's got enough things where they, they know it's not just, again, it's, it's just shifting your mindset from all inclusive, all inclusive, all your digitals or all inclusive album. You know, and Gretchen, that's kind of where you're at. You're like, well, here's the album and here's the cost. Well, yes, but we don't go to McDonald's and they have us a, give us a small fry. And then I just, well, actually I'll take a large. I don't expect for that to be the same price as the small. And so if you kind of keep those things in the back of your mind too, like if I go somewhere else, am I charged more for an upgrade? Right. So freaking lootly. Yeah. $6 to add chicken to your salad. That's an upgrade. Yeah. Oh shoot. I've been somewhere and I was like adding $12 to chicken. I'm like, man, I'll get my protein at home. So (laughs) I chose not to upgrade. That's great. I'm choosing not to upgrade. It's fine. Your clients can choose not to upgrade, but when they upgrade, they know that there are costs associated with it. And so for me to getting around that, just the mental part on my end it was making sure that they had the information in advance. 
not all of it. Yep. Here's the cost to upgrade this. If you want a cameo cover, if you want a photo cover, whatever it is for you, right? It's there. Oh, you'd want more than just one line on the, on the front cover. No problem. It's X, you know, and, and I don't, we, I don't even talk about all those things. We just talk about what it is they want because they already know extras cost more. And we just talk about what is it you'd like? What would you like on the cover? What do you want? Okay. Do you want the name? Do you want, okay, great. We got your first, first name for both of you. Do you want the last name added to it? Awesome. Do you want the wedding day on it? Or would you like this? You're just asking questions. They're choosing what to put on it. And then because I've got all of it written out, then I sit there and I just tally it up and it is what it is. So people expect to spend more for the extras. We do it in our everyday life. And so we just got to, you know, get around that on our own end, get out of our way, right? There's the theme Get yeah. out of our own way. Yeah. Or alternatively, Gretchen, something you could consider is if you're finding that a majority of your clients want that photo cover and they want that second line. And that's just like, that's just what everybody wants. Raise the price. And that's just what your standard album includes. Um, they don't even give them the option to not have that because that's just what everybody wants. Um, I'm a firm believer in like, don't offer the subpar product that you're not happy with. Only offer what you're excited to give. And so if photo covers are what you're excited to give, then sell that and charge appropriately for, you know, your, you know, the, the extra cost for you, but also the extra value to the client. Yeah. That's an excellent point, Rachel. Cause um, one of my students was just going through that. Cause she's like, well, but I like, I like the boxes that come with, you know, the albums, you know, I mean, you pay extra, right. It costs more to order the boxes. And when we were creating collections, it didn't have it in it. And she's, oh, she's like, but yeah, but I want everybody to have the box. And I don't, you know, what if they don't want to pay the extra? And so that was exactly it. It's like, okay, then we figure out the cost in the collections and you just make that work. And I think that's, that's an excellent point to be able to point out that you just, you just upgrade, you upgrade all of them. And I do that with wall art. So with wall art, they can choose a canvas. They can choose a regular print. They can choose a metal. They can choose wood. So they have options to choose from and the price is the same for all of them. And how did I do that? I went and looked at the most expensive one, what my out-of-pocket cost was. I priced accordingly to that one. And then all the other options that were less out-of-pocket, if they choose, it just means more profit in mine. Right. I'm curious, which one was the most expensive, the metal? Or the mm-hmm. Metal. Metal, yeah. 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 I love the metal ones. I actually got one of my sneaky, like, fun client gifts is these little guys oh yes the magnet on the back oh i didn't realize it came up where'd you get that one this is from miller's so it's a four by six on them yeah it's an extra dollar to add it um and it's just like one of the boxes as you're ordering and so this is one of my client gifts it's 15 dollars. very cool and it has such a big impact and it's also like to show a sample of what a metal print looks like. That's yeah. super easy. So anyway, I feel like we have probably covered <laughs> so much crowd. Um, <laughs> no, and I feel like we just got started. What do you mean? It's almost no, <laughs> we should probably wrap it up for today. So, and also if you want to just kind of continue the conversation with Heather and, you know, keep learning and growing with her, she has a group Um, a free group that you can join. I highly recommend that you join that. She offers lots of great value. 
she also has a coaching program right now as well. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that, Heather? Yeah. So mine is very much around the in-person sales and pricing and profitably, and just being able to have that confidence to empower you to do it. And so my program is it's four months long. And so I've got another one that's starting here in about a month. And anyone that is feeling like they're unsure about how to start this, needing the strategies and behind how to price everything, because it's not just pricing, it's how to price everything that correlates to each other and to make it easy to not feel like a sleazy car salesman would love to chat with anybody about it. Um, for me, like I say, just because of where I was and where I am now, it's exciting to be able to empower others to, to have that belief. I love to be a cheerleader for someone love to be able to provide the, the foundation, you know, all that, this is what you need to do. This is how we get there, get all the nuts and bolts. The other part that excites me just as much as to be that cheerleader and that encourager and that empowerment to feel like, yes, you can do this, hold you accountable to it, put the feet to the fire a little bit, jump, let's do it. And to be able to see their success. I mean, that's everything that I do. That's where the passion and excitement comes from is empowering people in front of my camera, empowering those behind the camera to help them go out and make really awesome changes in their lives too. So yeah, anyone that wants to chat about this stuff, happy to do it. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. Um, I think that as a coach, that's the best thing that you can, you can have is the joy and excitement of seeing somebody else succeed. And I know that's what you really want. That's what I really want for my students is we really want to make you guys money and feel good about doing it and, you know, really bring in those clients that you love and who love you so that you can have not just a successful business monetarily, but that you feel fulfilled and excited in your business and that it's something that will serve you for a long time and not just be a side thing. That's just a little bit of extra cash. It can be something really amazing that can change the course of your life, your family's life, and and really start a new page in your history. So um, thank you so much for joining me today, Heather. It's a pleasure as always. Um, We'll have to have you back on sometime soon. I know the folks in my group would really enjoy that. I would enjoy that. So (laughs) I would love it too. Anytime. Podcast listeners. Thank you so much for listening in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, I'd like to invite you to join my free Facebook community, Easy Ideal Client Mastery for Wedding Pros, where we have a warm, supportive community of wedding professionals just like you who are taking their business to the next level. We'd love to see you there. Thanks again for being here. Can't wait for you to listen to the next episode. Bye, everybody.